Hey guys, this is Crime Scene Analysis. I'm Angie. I'm Jess. And I'm Caroline. And we are bringing you the season two finale, 213, The Last Weekend. Written by a trio, which I believe is the first time we've had a trio Mm -hmm. for anything. But what a trio it is. We've got Nora and Lila Zuckerman and Sam Sclaver. Like, come on. One of the creators of the show. So um, that's pretty much the A-team, as A-team as we're going to get on a script. And then just to add, you know, amazing on top of amazing. Again, we have director Chris Grismer kicking butt and taking names this round. So, yeah. All right, guys, we can do this. Let's go. So immediately I had even in the kind of previously on section at the four second mark, um, I'm already calling out Nathaniel Bloom for his awesome because the entire little mini clip string section that plays as we see all the flashbacks, them on the boat getting away. Um, I mean, the they're just intense and insane and like they just come straight out the gate ready because those clips are all intense and insane and it's a whole bunch of yelling and screaming and syringes and escapes and all that stuff. Um, and so, I mean, from the minute we hit that on the previously, I was like, okay, like, here we go. And I just wrote, this will be one of probably a dozen times I call out Nathaniel Bloom again, because, you know, he's Nathaniel Bloom. We love him. I may pray to him on the weekends. It's fine. It's not a big deal. <laughs> um, at 23 seconds, we have Malcolm tied to a chair. And quite frankly, it's what all my little wumpy dreams are made of. <laughs> So just like last episode, we have a lot of like wumptastic-y moments and a lot of tropes that us wumpy people really enjoy to see in this particular episode. And frankly, I just got super fed and I was very excited about it. Um, Also, the nice hat line by Tom, we learned, was improvised based on a tweet that he sent out. So apparently a bunch of taxidermied animals or whatever um, equal a lot of improvision. (laughs) <laughs> and when you have a squirrel with the top hat, you compliment his top hat. I honestly wonder, because that was improvised, if they just had him, like, if they set up the camera and they were getting ready to shoot the scene and he was just, you know, sitting in the chair and he looked over and was like, nice hat. And they're like, wait, save that. Like, we could use that. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> yep. Also, a little part of me, like, again, it's because I'm a freak and my mind is always in the gutter. I was like, that's a very oddly positioned Oh yeah, you're right. Like I was like, what are we, what are we covering, Mr. Squirrel? Yeah, it's kind of like you know, Dick in the Box, like (laughs) (laughs) Squirrel Virgin. Oh no, wait, no, no, we can't be explicit. No, oh boy, we can't go that far. What is the Squirrel Virgin? Britt would know. Britt would know. (laughs) She's the Squirrel obsessed person. Okay, I love her tweet though, and apparently the writers retweet. I don't know if the writers retweeted it or liked it. I can't remember what she said. But she was just like, for those squirrels for me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Honestly, at this point, the amount of effort that she and the saviors are putting in, that should have been for her. Let's be truthful. Mm-hmm. We'll that get was, to that later. Yeah, that was her Easter egg. True story, them. straight up. Mm-hmm. At um at 122, I kind of enjoyed this like complete change in moment where Ainsley gets complimented by her mom. She says, like, oh, like you're one of the best reporters you have. And she says, Oh, you watch my reports. And immediately I finished the line with not with the sound on because yep. that's what she said to her yep. the last time. And she kind of, it, it was not like that. It was very much like a mother proud of her daughter. And that was, you could definitely see Ainsley's reaction. And that was like, oh, 
like there's not a snarky remark coming after mm -hmm. this it was just a compliment yay mm -hmm. my outfit doesn't look like the part you know the carpet at the dmv she did throw in some snark right after though and she was like don't get cocky yeah <laughs> yes i mean in true jessica fashion of course yes but definitely. it was nice where like she literally said what was like you're their best reporter or something so i was like jeff yeah mm -hmm. Then, so the very next scene, like we have a lot of quick stuff happening in the first couple minutes of the show. Like we don't have long scenes, like 45 seconds and they're done, 10 seconds and they're done. We're jumping around, a lot's going on. Um, I and mean, we fit a lot into like a 43 minute episode for sure. It could have been a two hour finale easily. Mm -hmm. uh, so we get to the scene where our team is watching Capshaw's interrogation with Ruiz. Um, and, and Gil is just straight up, are you buying this? Like he's putting feelers out. And of course, Danny looks like she's about to jump through the damn glass. Like she's mm -hmm. like, F this chick. This is not true. This is not bright at all. But the one that really hit me in the feels was JT mm -hmm. because he said, our boy. Yep. And I went, oh, that's it. All three of them mm -hmm. have now said the our boy in relation to Malcolm. Mm -hmm. yep. And as our other executive producer, Carrie pointed out, it's such a nice, again, we have another like complete fit, flip from season one where in the penultimate and final episodes of season one, you know, they were skeptical. They weren't necessarily like he's 100% guilty, game over, but they were allowing their cop brains to be first. And they were saying, listen, right now the evidence says blah, blah, blah. And now it's very much like this is bullshit. Like mm -hmm. there's no way it's not possible. Um, and I still think they're doing that in keeping with being good police officers. I don't think yes. they've just thrown the book out the window. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But it was such a great little like, oh, JT. Mm -hmm. Romance yep. is real. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely a nice scene to see because that's exactly where my mind went immediately when both of them, without a doubt, were like, yep, this is ridiculous. So, I mean, I it think JT said he, our, our boy may be crazy, but, you know. Not that crazy. Not that crazy. <laughs> not that crazy. <laughs> so that and was nice really because nice. this episode was very light on the team, super light on Adresa. Mm -hmm. um, we'll get into some of that stuff later, but it was... It was a nice, like, at least we have, like, the team together for a mm -hmm. minute. Because then they're very much split. Like, you have the duo out with Ainsley. You have Gil handling Jess. And, you know, Idrisa pops in for 30 seconds. Like, remember me? <laughs> and the end of it for her this episode, which sucked. At 2.15, I talked about this last episode, so I'm not going to go on a tangent. But I still cannot believe that Martin thinks that just dyeing his hair dirty blonde means he's not recognizable. And then later I get really frustrated because then it's like, oh, Malcolm's been put on the news. We better run. I'm like, you are way more infamous than him. Why have you just been chilling out, eating pancakes and doing whatever you wanted the whole time? I'm sorry, I digress. Uh, like it just, it cracks me up that like, it's like when Superman puts the glasses on and Lois goes, who are you? Like he's the same freaking dude in glasses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at 2.41, Martin is explaining to Malcolm and Malcolm is kind of figuring out like, okay, if Capshaw is there and she's being questioned, then if she's in any way smart, which we know she's diabolically smart, um, that she's blaming you, that she's saying you were complicit to all this and you were a part of it. Um, and I don't know if this is necessarily Bloom because it wasn't music based, but there's another really cool moment where we have a sound effect that follows Malcolm's emotions. We had one earlier where he gets like really mad at JT and kind of blows up and there's just like rumble that happens in a different episode. This one, it literally, you can feel, it sounds to me like an airplane. Land. Like it is a loud rumble, but you like feel the floor fall out from under him when he puts together like, oh man, I'm being blamed for this. 
Um, and it's a really neat sound effect. I don't know if that's Bloom or other people. I, I don't have a clue, but it's really cool. So I have to laugh at that. There's really no point for me to bring this up other than the line is hysterical. The fact that apparently Martin respects men with lady names. <laughs> it made, like, is that a Johnny it? Cash reference? Is that like a boy named Sue where like you've dealt with the name your whole life and therefore that makes you tough? Like, I don't know, but I just chuckled at like the, why? Why Martin? Is that something in particular that you are very strong feelings about? And then so, he just like openly says, he, he says a whole bunch of very like interesting stuff. Like when he's like, I knew something that hey, you don't. And like, we're yeah. in a pickle. I'm like, you're clearly having the time of your life. Oh yeah. And imbroglio, like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was one of the things I pointed out was um, that not only was Martin having the time of his life, cause it's a whole new setting for him, but Michael right. was probably having a great time on set because he didn't have this rigid, you know, same thing every time, same clothing, same mannerisms, you know, Martin's tied to the wall kind of things for the most part. Uh, scenes. I wonder what it must so have been like for him, to just, for him to just walk him to set and be like, here's your hoodie. Like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> no scrubs, no cardigan? Wow. Yeah. Oh, and you're gonna all... paint your whole face this weird yellow sweet <laughs> yeah so um and by this point too uh we we start to get a feel that for at least probably the first half of the episode is going to be marked with these funky things that martin's doing as well as humor oh yeah it's very buddy cop which is how sam and and chris described it like it's buddy cop with a side of one of us isn't sure we want to be here. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it was like, let me one line or this one line or that. And I was like, okay, I see you. Yep. Guys, I tried so hard at 435 to get the lines off this damn fax. But I did too. I all did you too. can read is Ainsley and dad. dad. Everything dad. else is just blurred and it's too fast. And I was like, darn, I really wanted the content of the facts to Ainsley. I, I saw Claremont mentioned in there too, which yeah. probably explains why she went there. But yeah, other than that, it's it's very brief, which as mm -hmm. we see later, the facts that Martin gets back from her is very long and detailed. Like there were like three solid paragraphs. I'm like, what did she say? Like, dad, you freaking suck. Why did you do this? When did you? <laughs> also, I'm going to do as you asked. F you, Ainsley. <laughs> and I'm really interested. So she says she went to Claremont. Is that supposed to be like, uh, was it the letter? No, because he has the letters already. I'm trying to figure out why she went to Claremont. First yeah. of all, Malcolm has trashed that cell. Good luck finding what you need to <laughs> yes, find yeah. in case we forgot about that. Secondly, like she comes in with then an ADN binder on the Woodsman, mm -hmm. which is her network she works for. So like, what was the point of going to Claremont? Yeah. Which also brings me, we can go ahead and talk about this too. Like there's honestly no point in Ainsley being with our police, like our group. Like there's no way as a reporter and a reporter connected to this the way mm -hmm. she is, she's hauling ass with them up to Vermont. Mm -hmm. Like you're yeah. a civilian, know your role. We are the police officers. A, you're a liability because we have to protect you now instead of doing our investigation. B, you're a liability because you're Ainsley. C, you're a liability because you're Ainsley Whitley. Like, there's so many reasons why she should not be with them. And I literally think it's a plot device because we need her to have that conversation at the end. Yeah. Um, both to help with the wife and also to lead into season three. That's going to happen, manifest. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it's a plot device. There's no, it's just like the fact that Bright would not have actually been on the manhunt for his own father because of all the conflicts of interest and all that. So, yeah. you know, it had to happen. It is what it is. At 536, um, while they're eating nougat and chips, <laughs> um, we have this line from, from Martin that's, don't you think it's possible that I've changed? And that is really just the entire episode's theme mm-hmm. is, is it possible for him to have actually changed? Does Malcolm believe him? Malcolm struggle with, is he going to turn him in or let him go? What's going to happen? Um, and that's, I mean, that's the entire episode in a nutshell, is this relationship between these two and how are they going to navigate it and what are Malcolm's thoughts about this, I'm a changed man. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, and I, some people are going to say, well, you know, you're not a Martin fan to begin with. I am. I like the character. Um, based on everything he did prior to exiting Claremont, you're not really a changed man. Like you still straddled mm-hmm. Eddie and popped his eyeballs. You still, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many things that intended like, to kill still Jerry. Done, yeah. Like, full on. It's that Jerry. It like all this other ago. stuff. Yeah. Like, so I don't really see a lot of changed man. I see a lot of I'm gonna say what I need to say to get what I want when I want it, mm-hmm. which is textbook manipulator, textbook gaslighting stuff. Um, so I'm like, meh. Yeah. We'll and the see. surprising thing I've seen today is I've I've seen people, um, not as many as I had thought but I've seen people being like oh I really thought Martin had changed and blah 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 and like why did this happen you know referring to the end scene I was just like do you not understand Martin's psychology after two seasons and everything we've seen him do and the way we've seen him manipulate and play people especially Malcolm like yeah my mm-hmm. husband did the same thing when we did the rewatch and he was like oh he was really starting to change and i was just went what no, like that's first it. of all call, no. the, call the counselor we need therapy what's happening like yeah. and he's like he still stands like malcolm was in the wrong and i'm like boy we need to have a mediator in this discussion right now yeah exactly like as malcolm said later in the episode that's not how psychopathy works like you don't turn get, it on and off because you had a good day no you don't period sorry so i do have a question and maybe you guys have a little clarification for me i don't know i'm trying to figure out how exactly them finding the woodsman proves malcolm's innocence and all the capshaw stuff so it's just a thing to make them look good and get the cops off their back a little bit but it does not prove innocence no no, it doesn't no it doesn't if we figure this out everything will be scot free and you'll be yeah. and i'm like no this has no and at one point i was like malcolm you're not buying this are you like, this does not clear anything related no. to cash no. mm-hmm. i was like it definitely, it definitely doesn't prove any innocence it doesn't clear anything it just gives it just shines uh shines them up a I little mean, yeah. bit especially but martin like, on what planet is anyone gonna find the escaped dr martin whitley and be like hold on guys hold on he found the woodsman I think we should just let him go. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> what planet does that occur? Yeah, I mean, people, I mean, Martin, like, knows how badly people want answers in cold cases, especially when it has to do with um, children so and teenagers and whatnot. So he's just like, well, we'll go make ourselves well, look good, and then they can't straws. chew us out for as many things. Mm-hmm. I 
loved that part right there where Malcolm stole his thunder with like the line the woodsman and it was really funny to hear the music also like swell and drop off at the same time record scratch <laughs> it's just like this is great <laughs> and then we have a line that will forever live probably in years of fan fiction which is my partner Cameron oh my god <laughs> I love the way I laugh so hard at the pronunciation, at the just the existence of that sentence, and Malcolm looking at him like, "What the hell?" Yeah, Yeah. I love that we all lost it in Discord. Like some of us were like, you know, we're not even gonna be in here, but everybody popped in at that point and was like, "My partner, what?" (laughs) (laughs) At seven twenty-four, we have a very foreshadow style line where he tells he being martin tells malcolm i'm gonna prove to you that i'm a changed man even if it kills me mm-hmm. as i was watching this <laughs> i did i literally did this i was like ah! <laughs> i just wrote i mean you're not and it might at 7:46. All I could think of, and this might date me too, God, I know the two of you are probably not going to get this reference. I'm going to feel super old. Um, Martin's reaction to the pancakes was giving me huge when Harry met Sally vibes. <laughs> That's my favorite huge. movie. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Favorite. Carol has it. Carol I'll has just, it. just uh, crawl um, under the table. Literally, I, I no. said out loud, especially when you see that woman in the corner of the shot laughing, I literally said out loud to my TV, I'll have what he's having. Like <laughs> I, I wanted it so bad. I wanted yep. one person to be like, I'll have what he's having. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, that makes me happy, Carol. All right, we got one. That is, that is my favorite yeah. movie. But also he's making an absolute scene in that restaurant. Earlier, yeah. he says to Malcolm, what i'm incognito and yes. i'm like no, you are not you are not incognito <laughs> again that's what makes me so annoyed with later like magically malcolm's picture has been up so we better run and get away yeah. i'm like you were having fake orgasms over pancakes <laughs> in the middle of like all the townsfolk like why is yeah. this a big deal now mm-hmm. yeah shout out to this entire episode for being mostly outside and giving us the glorious tom Payne blue eyes we all deserve in good light <laughs> thank you lord jesus it's true mm-hmm. yes. lighting this time yeah there was so much natural <laughs> it was light. natural light and just bing. at 10 52 we have gil and ruiz kind of arguing she wants to put a bolo out on bright and then gil knows immediately like that's going to be tap him on site like we know for mm-hmm. sure what's going to happen um and I just love that he kind of raises her voice, gets aggressive with her for once, because he's always very much the liaison, like, I understand that you outrank me, whatever. Um, and then he says, I just said, Gil doing what he's been doing since the pilot, staking his entire career on Malcolm Bright. I mean, literally mm-hmm. since day one, that's what he's been doing in the name of trying to help Bright and let him do this stuff. And then he kind of just full out yells it at her. And I mean, this is what Papa Gil has been doing the whole time yep mm-hmm. and there is so much to the the line that Ruiz sort of says in response to him before she walks off like if another body drops like it's not on my hands it's on yours mm-hmm. and I I just feel like you know knowing so much about like true crime investigations the person who like is in charge of anything the person who is in charge gets blamed immediately and that stays with you forever 
there's a thought again i i i'm gonna have to do a mini episode of just the music in this episode because i don't have time to hit every single mini score thing that nathaniel bloom does um there's a great moment if you want to go back to this scene and listen to the score that underplays it it really sounds like stomping feet and it's very much like ruiz's kind of clout in this scene and the threat of the fact that she can do that to bright it's a very mm-hmm. cool addition then i had like a paragraph rant but it's just there's no time i'll save it <laughs> that'll be another episode later Mini <laughs> at um at 11 23 seriously i don't know why but this is one of the two biggest moments in this scene that hit me in the feels and i got choked up and you're gonna so laugh at me you are gonna crack up i got choked up at the fact that he had an nypd identification card I was waiting to see if someone mentioned anything. I haven't seen anything. I don't know why, but I just went, oh. Like, I mean, I know that he's not a cop, but like he has an ID card for Pete's sake. Like that's a big deal. He's part of the fam. And I don't know why, but it hit me. Like I just went, oh. Of course I've been crazy emotional the whole like past eight days, but um, I was just like, they gave him an ID. Yeah, I really wanted to go back and like zoom in to see like what it said or something like if it's just it is know. it's the same picture that later shows up on his wanted poster too so i don't know if that was a device to get the picture out because we need it on the poster later mm-hmm. i don't care either way i'm super excited and it gives me all the happy feels that's all that matters it's just really sweet <laughs> at 11:41, we meet sheriff fern cooley um fern being short for what any any clue that's a name fern. just fern yeah that's a name okay i was waiting i was like is that short for something i i have never met a fern in my life i mean i've met ferns the plant i have not met <laughs> fern the people <laughs> so yeah, i was interested name. on if it was like supposed to be abbreviated for something or she is played just... by anna gunn who if anyone knows um huge claim to fame and breaking bad that being said other than playing Skylar White on that show. I mean, this chick has some Dwayne Johnson level acting credit chops. Like, I mean, her muscles are very strong in the acting world. Um, Aurora gushed about the fact that Mm -hmm. she just showed up to set and there she was because she would deliberately try to like not look up who had been chosen for some of these guest roles because she said Danny would just react to these people. Mm -hmm. And so I want to just react. Like, who is this person? What are they acting like? Whatever. And then she said the reaction to her was like... Like, like she had to like she had to check herself and be like be Danny be Danny be Danny not Aurora you know and I thought that was super cute that she had her little like starstruck moment of oh my god it's Anna Gunn and I just gotta say like the minute we got the preview which don't get me started about Fox's stupid preview issues for the promo clips for this episode or stupid Fox. Oh, that's why we're moving on we're a professional show ish <laughs> for most of the time um i mean they showed us this clip of meeting cooley and her husband dawn and the entire twitterverse just went there he is obviously that's the woodsman and i'm like no way did they show us this clip and it just be so bump bump bah. and then they showed the other clip that was like all spoiler bonanza right before the episode started so i'm like yes they would they don't give two craps at this point so mm-hmm. um I'm at least glad that they threw a red herring in there later to like kind of throw us off the scent a little bit um, with mm-hmm. with the uh, the other deputy. But I'm like, really? They just popped him up and went, "You guys know about that woodsman?" Huh? Like <laughs> you moved on. I was like, really? <laughs> you already know who this is. But I mean, you know, even even if it was just very like predictable, it was 
I also, you know, knowing in hindsight that he is the woodsman and that, you know, him and his wife had this whole dynamic, it reminded me a lot of what psychopaths do to the people that they're affectionate with, which is a term called love bombing. Um, and it's just like throwing, you know, your love on them, like, oh, I brought you like, you know, your, what kind of salad was egg it? Or, salad, yeah. your, I brought you your egg salad. So it was kind of like that, but also in a way, also in hindsight, we know that he does this like every Friday. It's also him like sort of showing up to be around whatever's going on. Check like, in. In, yeah, in case, yeah, in case mm-hmm. someone like Malcolm walks in and is like, oh, so this case, and she's like, mm, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Nothing to see, honey, nothing to mm-hmm. see. Yeah, <laughs> very interesting. You'll notice later too, again, knowing who our actual woodsman is, the minute they pull out that board, that actor is amazing. In the background, blurry, not even a focal point yeah. of the scene, just like, Darren with the smiley face and all of his stuff on the side. Like, I mean, he's full on admiring his own handiwork behind Malcolm's back. Yeah, exactly. Um, And even, even like the sheriff is kind of just looking at him. Like, let's not smile while we stare Mm -hmm. at the thing. Like you can tell there's a whole background dynamic. And it's so nice when you have like seasoned actors that do these things, because you don't have to do that. You could just stand there, but it adds such a depth to the scene that you can catch these little Easter eggs and stuff that they didn't have to do but it just it's beautiful and he did like he was full on like oh god look at how great i am like yeah exactly and the fact that he was even there to begin with like i don't care if you are the sheriff's like spouse you should not be in here and i'm surprised that malcolm wasn't like wait why is he still like chilling it's the same reason why danny and jt put ainsley in the car with yeah yeah Yeah, exactly At 1347, we have what I originally thought when we saw the promo clip was going to be like some Gillica shutdown, maybe the way they played it off the line where he says like, you know, some mistakes are just too big. Um, And I think based on Bellamy's post, this was her last scene, or at least the last scene with Lou, because there was some emotional hugging in pictures Mm -hmm. that she posted recently of her and Lou in these outfits in his office. So it was either the last scene she did with Lou or maybe the last scene she did period before she she broke for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like right in the feels, that hug between the two of them was just mom and dad, like, come on. Um, yeah, whether that was Jess and Gil or Lou and Bellamy. Just, either you know, way, it just hits you right in the it feels. It's just so cute. And I just wrote like not that I would have done anything differently than what Jessica did related to Martin because I told you I was totally down with her decision in the last episode Mm -hmm. Um, but she's very much earned this kind of scolding from Gil because at this point he's covering up legitimate criminal activity in the name of how he feels about her and that doesn't even include the Endicott shit like this is just what he he knows about at this point Mm -hmm. so it's he, I mean, he needed to get like a little bit of a go to your room discussion from Gil. And I was very interested in, does he really feel in his heart some mistakes are, are just too big? Or was that him trying to tell her how big this really is, even though he does, hasn't really changed how he feels about her? Like, I need to say mm-hmm. something that's going to make her understand the weight of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because sometimes she doesn't like, I don't know if it's growing up in money or whatever, but sometimes it's like, I'm a little bit above the law and I'm just going to make these decisions and it'll be Mm -hmm. all good. 
Yeah. Maybe it's her connection to Gil and she's like, oh, mm -hmm. he's going to keep me safe. It'll be fine. Or the yeah. money. But either way, she thinks she has some get out of jail free passes. And quite frankly, she does so mm -hmm. far. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Malcolm just has like a 28 Uno hand of get out yeah. of jail free passes. <laughs> <laughs> so as Jess, you mentioned this and it was so funny because I was mid typing it. We do this so well. We're, we're like about to type something at the same time in Discord and we're just like, yes, like same thought. You yep. mentioned like that maybe Martin had called in Malcolm. Yeah, I, when, when, um, I forget what exactly happened in the scene that had me like screaming in discord, but I was like, I'm calling it now, I'm calling it right now. Oh, cause Martin was alone and he picked up the phone and called, Mar uh, called Malcolm. Mm -hmm. And then at some point he said something and I was like, I'm calling it right now. He totally, he's on his own. He's got a phone. He totally called Malcolm in in order to keep Malcolm from calling Gil because we've seen multiple times already and we're not even halfway through the episode, I think, where right. Martin has to like talk him down from calling him in. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing he wants him to do. So I was like, oh, he put a, you know, he put a mark on his head to keep him running with him. Yeah, I and I was like mid-typed the same thing. So then I just deleted it and went, yes. <laughs> like, yes. I just answered with a yes. I was like, mm -hmm. I Oh, God, sure. I'm not the only one that thought that because we find out actually that's not really true. I mean, we don't know. Really no, like details, for once, it was literally that's not just actually true. leaked, I guess. Yeah, I don't it was know, just, from it was Capshaw's just, testimony think, or something. Yeah, from Capshaw. Or maybe, I think I, wonder, I guess that would have been Ruiz, right? Yeah, like yeah, you're saying, I think she sorry just to talk over and No, that's fine. I think yeah. she just went ahead and was like, well, I don't care what Gil said. Capshaw has said enough. We're still yeah. going to put a bolo out for him because regardless, yeah, yeah, whether he's, you know, whether Capshaw is telling the truth or not, Malcolm Bright has, <clears throat> needs to be found. He either has been kidnapped or he has run away. So. Yeah, there's a manhunt one way or the other, depending yeah. <laughs> on what side it's on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you could make a case for both because it says on the news report, I remember it saying like an inside source so i'm like all right is this okay like is this really you know because you can call in you could call into a news station and say like you know it's malcolm you know malcolm Bray is involved <laughs> like blah 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 and then just hang up or anything you know or it could be ruiz like going to a reporter who's using her as an inside source yeah. like it could we don't know a secret inside yeah exactly but was like, it, no a source within the family is that what like the tmz crap does every time they have something about a celebrity <laughs> yeah it's like hmm aka the dude on the corner <laughs> yeah <laughs> that said we did this mm -hmm. at fifteen fifty, um we zoom in on malcolm reich's wanted poster which a little part of me died but again it's the picture from the id card so i was like okay maybe that was part of the reason why we show like because otherwise why would they have such a nice headshot of malcolm at the nypd like that's a little weird to be like dead on hey like <laughs> a really nice headshot of malcolm um but also i really appreciated that they were just straight up true and they listed him as five seven i know that sounds silly but a lot of times especially for your lead they're gonna like hey he's like five nine and five ten on a good day no they were straight up just like okay you know he's five foot seven i'm like thank you there's nothing wrong with the man being five foot seven you don't have to pretend like he's six eight like he's let him be his height he's killing it hey, yeah. <laughs> short men are my type i'm not 
She's like, I openly is all. Sorry, I'm a tall say. person. So. <laughs> yeah, see, those, those of us females that are taller, it's a little harder for us. Yeah. To to play the short, not like five eight. Jess, you're like five nine, five ten. Five like, five eight, five nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's nothing wrong that. with the with the woman being taller at all. But no, some period. people they prefer they prefer the guy to be taller, and I am one of those. Yeah, I just prefer them shorter. Sorry to my six foot boyfriend. Anyways. <laughs> My husband's six six, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> At um, so in this same scene, I I really enjoyed Aurora's performance in this tiny little scene. Which, granted, almost all of her scenes this episode are tiny. God bless. Sorry, Britt. Uh, <laughs> like she goes through a whole like spectrum of emotions just staring at this poster, and it's mm-hmm. it's literally a couple seconds yep. scene. It's not long, but you get the like pissed that he ran off at least for all she knows he went rogue and ran off at this point they still haven't seen each other since they made out in the you know the storage unit so she's pissed that he ran off she's worried about where he is she's got romantic conflicting emotions and what does that mean and blah 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 and then mirroring what he does in the penultimate episode of the the first season like rips crap off the board throws it is like super pissed and then of course there's big brother JT, um, you know, mm-hmm. trying to be there for, and again, he admits like, I like bright, you know, like he's important to us now. So we get the importance of family there, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. Um, and she just, she did a great job for, for the couple scenes she actually got to be in at this point for this episode. She hit a lot of, of good points. And I, I like to praise Aurora whenever possible. Cause she's yeah. a cool human. I feel like she has had multiple, like, face journeys throughout each of the little like scenes that she's in like from that scene you know even even when she's like looking at Capshaw and she's sort of like <laughs> not today on, like, like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly like right up to the very end which we'll definitely talk about later yes, she ma'am. just there is not much that she says verbally but there is so much going on here which mm. is very nice to see great acting yeah. I appreciate this scene a lot. It's probably like one of my favorite scenes in the entire um, episode for two reasons. One, like you mentioned, Angie, you know, JT walks in and he, you know, tries to, tries to console Danny a little bit. She's like, I don't need that. Um, But also he, he like, he admits it. He's like, you know, I never, I never thought I'd say this, but I like the guy, you know? Um, But also, so, so that's how we see like some more team dynamics. We, we don't see a lot of, we haven't seen a lot of that long periods of time especially the second half of the episode as it's been following you know things really the last couple episodes of the season once martin escaped yeah once martin got separated everything was focused on him so um so that's one reason and then the other is because we've seen so many emotionally based scenes happen in the conference room and Mm -hmm. usually not all the time but usually they happen between malcolm and danny Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got drink more tea with friends in the trip and uh never better shaky hand. You yeah. never better shaky hand and then yeah. um after Eve's death when he's staring at the board like mm-hmm. you mentioned how they yep. Yep. the same way she's the one that walks in and she usually takes the role that JT took mm-hmm. walking in on her seeing, you know, what was going on. So, I really liked I just this episode was just loaded with callbacks and juxtapositions and parallels mm-hmm. to oh, yeah. so many key moments through not just season two but the re- but um, season one as well. Yeah, and so that was a really nice scene to see, and it 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 did it so well in such a short time. Yep, you said it was Agreed. such a short scene. Mm-hmm. So. 
1748, we have some more buddy cop stuff. Did you steal this truck? I've got chips. You know, there's all sorts of little one-liner moments in this scene. Going to the stakeout and be like, yeah, I know. Like they're so excited. I'm not Cameron, you're Cameron. Like we're very like, keep it together. Um, <laughs> but I, there are probably, I'm going to estimate because I should have, but I did not actually count probably between five and nine different versions of the we're the same theme that play in this episode um they're like the buddy cop banter versions where it's a little bit more like <laughs> upbeat and you know whatever and all the way to the one that i'm gonna have you guys are gonna have to like give me a wrap it up box later like that's that's gonna happen <laughs> at the end um like bruce got to be like eh, eh, turn it off stop <laughs> um but this it's just genius like the different way he weaves melodies to be happy upbeat goofy depressing ominous like he just hits all of them and it's wonderful mm -hmm. and I'm good. At, uh, <laughs> at 2008, I'm just going to read how I put it. Martin Whitley, the surgeon, horrific murderer and predatory psychopath, will under no circumstances piss in a bottle, sir. He has morals. Oh my it's, goodness. It's all on, like, I would never expose myself. It's one of those things where, again, having worked in a prison, it always makes me I don't want to say laugh because that sounds inappropriate, but it like astonishes me the hierarchy of dirt bags and which dirt bags look down on the other dirt bags in prison. Just where like, you know, there's a special place for the predatory pedophile style people versus just the guys that dismember people and pull their entrails out through their nostrils. And so he's literally like, I would not expose myself. Are you kidding? Like you have murdered 23 people. Why is that the thing that you like? Absolutely not. I draw the line at this point. I mean, more than anything, you are in, you're in the car with your son. The, you know, I know that it's an old truck and stuff, but like, no one is like, this isn't broad daylight. And like, people are walking by, like, yeah. it's just, I mean, come on. He's like, I'll gaslight, manipulate, completely ruin my son's mental health and any chance that maybe a decent relationship in his future, but damned if he can't accidentally see my penis. Yeah. <laughs> when they I'm probably like, did the like father-son baths when he was a six-month-old or something anyway, yeah, like exactly. any parent has picked up the child of their gender and run into the shower when they were like two yeah. and then the scrub and then handed them back to the other parent. Like, like come on. Right. Like you're I two may, dudes. I may have chloroformed my way. son. <laughs> I may have chloroformed my son and held people's lives in my hands, but that ain't happening. You know, it's and just... almost took him to a cabin to murder. Mm, but God forbid he watched me pee in this Gatorade bottle. <laughs> That's not a Gatorade bottle because we ripped the label off, but left the lightning. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Not sponsored by. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the only other thing that I had noticed in this scene was when you know Malcolm's having all the flashbacks, and Martin's like, "Well, what are you thinking about?" Also, I believe he says, "My boy." He says, "My boy," so many times in this episode, and mm -hmm. I'm just like, Whoa. but <laughs> he said it, um, and Malcolm responded with, "You." always you and that the first thing that i thought of was um the this like the stranger beside you episode with where he says that to eve mm -hmm. yep. so i just i mean another totally, time where i go mm -hmm. yeah yes exactly yeah. same emotion i was trying to think like what's the connection here oh i was mad both times <laughs> and nausea yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's the connecting factor <laughs> yeah 
and the thing is, is we know the context behind him saying you always you, because if anybody heard, the, you know, heard that, if anybody saw that in a script or as, saw it like written down in a description of, you know, father asking his son, what are you thinking about? And the son says, you always you, it could be like, oh, he's thinking of his dad, blah, blah, blah. No, we know the context behind that. He's mm-hmm. having nightmares and at other times hallucinations because of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> always is, because of you. Which is something that's so interesting with some of the press we've had in the past couple of days since that episode um, of Sam and Chris kind of teasing little nuggets here and there on what their pitch for season three would be and the fact that they're, mm-hmm. you know, totally hardcore shopping this to other outlets, yeah. saying that like they keep saying very cryptic things like we would be horrible writers if we killed off Michael Sheen and didn't find some way to bring him back. Or like, you know, he can be in many forms, like they're saying all these things to where you know, maybe he doesn't die, maybe he does, but even if he does, they've basically told us he's going to be in hallucination form effing with Bright a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're very witty in the fact that like, again, you have to do something dramatic, but you also can't, he can't be prodigal son without the father. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. very important. So I was intrigued and excited about that one because there had been, myself included, some wondering about, is he going to keep coming back and forth from London? And would that be something in the future that he would keep doing? So it sounds as though, um, you know, he would be on board with whatever version of that 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 would take, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Malcolm is yeah. not going to forget about Martin, even if he were to die. Like this is right. this is long-standing trauma. This is never going to go away. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it just would be try nice, and take him. But no. Yeah. Try and take him out of the show. You can't. At 22 even, I just put in big giant letters cat fight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. First things first, the I adore the camera angles and the the music skew and stuff when Jess is we think dosed and being affected by that dosage it's such a cool thing just to have it off kilter suddenly yeah. and she's a little sideways this way and it almost makes you a little nauseous yeah. when you're watching it um and that's just a really they, they, they've done that multiple times this season where they've put us kind of in the head of the character they did it with capshaw they've done it with bright um and that's just a really cool symbolic thing the i absolutely had like a woo kind of moment when you hear gill in the earpiece and you're like oh yeah it's a setup let's go yeah, like I was yep. very excited like she's working with them let's get it done mm-hmm. although how far away from this freaking house were they I know I mean I know they're not in the front yard like I get it they can't be like right there but it took them forever to get to her and like you know there's there's a good chance something's gonna go wrong and then they were just like excuse me Excuse me, could you please open this door? Hello? Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't break down the door. Like, <laughs> Not to mention, it's a double door with yeah. just a little latch and the bottom hook. That means yeah. it bends at the top. Go through mm-hmm. that effort. Let's go. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. simple fit. Come on. Anyway, Not, I was like, yeah. take your time, guys. Take your mm-hmm. time getting to Jess while she's having a full-on brawl with the... Uh, with, with yeah, with yeah, I mean, like Watkins took down the door in one of the doors in that house quicker. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice reference. That makes me happy. Mm-hmm. At 2557, I'm not kidding you. This was the first moment, one of a couple in this episode that I got full on chills from the music and the visual put together. This is the moment where 
the actual woodsman gets revealed in this like low camera angle slow-mo walking up he's in full leather face fanboy outfit from texas chainsaw massacre for god's (laughs) sakes um but just they have these like thumping footsteps the slow-mo this pan the music that goes with it it is just it's inspired like it would i don't like horror but it just had me going like hardcore are you fucking kidding me i can't hear it whatever it is it's a chainsaw for god's sake oh my god this whole lawnmower it's literally like chainsawing something but it was good timing for the Texas Chainsaw Master um but yeah so I was like this is the shiz and they do it again which I'll talk about in a minute once we come into barn mode um at 2618 we have Capshaw kind of doing the the poker choker that sounds like an inappropriate thing but it's not (laughs) um and you can totally see the rubber poker bending like it's almost in a U in this scene like they pull it too much and i'm like almost almost guys i get it you can't put a real metal thing around bellamy's neck she's precious but it was a little bit too uh too bendy so one of the promo photos from i believe it was you know the prodigal son you know twitter account the main account had posted one of those i think it was one of those cryptic um instagram ones that they were putting up yeah and it was on twitter and it had somebody holding a fire poker of sorts mm. in their hands and i had to go tag caroline and be like yo is this the staircase all over again <laughs> at twenty six thirty nine, i wrote breathe Ange" as a reminder to myself to breathe because we have some tied up and dangly malcolm in the barn oh. <laughs> um and that was just carrie and i had our own little separate like auga moment for all of that to happen <laughs> With complete with like you know little wumpy blood on the face the whole bonanza is just a wumper's dream mm-hmm. um and in that scene we have a moment that i i really enjoyed and it's it's kind of rare that i'm always gonna say like i really enjoyed and liked martin in this scene but i really did um again love michael and the character but i'm not always a big fan of martin as a human um mm-hmm. i just love that he says i don't think this ends well for us bud mm-hmm and there was so much about that sentence, or sorry, he says for you and me. Um, there's so much about that sentence. Like, first of all, the the affectionate term of bud, like very much like my little boy kind of situation. I don't think and to this day, hey, he has not called him that in an episode that I know of. No. Um, at all. Like he's kind of said my boy and, you know, Gil says kid and there's all these other things, but bud is new. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, Martin is legitimately scared. Yeah, about what's going to go down in this scene and I just wrote if Martin Whitley is scared we should be absolutely petrified like mm-hmm. if he is worried and terrified and even Malcolm you see it on his face like um what like if yeah. my dad the psychotic killer is that scared this is not going to go well at all so he's already mm-hmm. trying to compute what do we do what do we do what do we do and mm-hmm. it was just it was one of the few times where i really did feel like martin was being super genuine with him there was no manipulation happening there there was no undertone of what can i get out of this it really was just a moment of a father thinking him and his son are going to die right there together mm-hmm. and i think a lot of the other scenes between the two have a mixture of manipulation versus father yeah. um 
And so this one I felt was pretty pure. I didn't feel like there was any undertone going on there of, of Martin in any way. Yeah. And I also feel like the only other time that we've actually seen him be legitimately scared, or actually, no, there was the point in the pilot when Malcolm pointed out that Martin was scared. But the time that I thought of was in Alone Time when Gil comes to Martin and says, like, he's been taken by Watkins and he mm -hmm. goes, oh, no. So yeah. it's just interesting that I still really, and I would love to do a whole mini episode on this later, I really question the depths of his feelings. I feel like the feelings that he has for his kids are only because of this narcissistic, like they are an extension of me. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just interesting that the only times that he is like genuinely afraid are in re like reference to like himself getting in trouble or more than that, Malcolm possibly being mm -hmm. injured. So oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. It was the same way with Endicott too. Um, yep. Like for him to be even remotely scared, it was like both he's going to come after you and me. Like it's yes. going to affect me as well, mm -hmm. um, not yeah. just them. So yeah, I completely agree. Like there's always some like, how does this affect me in there? But yes. I did not feel that in this scene, like other than the fact that like, hey, he's hanging there too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really felt like this is not gonna, this is not good. Well, yeah, I mean, he, was, he knows. It was genuine. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. genuine. Of like, They know oh, what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that you, you mentioned that there's no manipulation attached to that absolute you know horror um on his face because i because i had written the same thing i was like he's not playing for manipulation so mm -hmm. i enjoy the fact that that was widely noticed by people <laughs> <laughs> and once again we thought the same thing <laughs> yeah shocker <laughs> at twenty nine fifty, um we have you know the the trio even though it's supposed to be a duo in the uh in the sheriff's office there they're putting two and two together um, oh wait, 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 wait! Can I just can I just say this that it reminds me so much of like you could do a Skylar Sisters version of this. It's like <laughs> Angelica, Eliza, <laughs> No, well, I think that she would love it because she would just be like Anne Ainsley, like that would be most, <laughs> She is the most Anne Peggy moment of her yes. entire career as the journalist walking that through behind so the NYPD for no reason. Anne That's Peggy. great. Yep. <laughs> That's love it. Great. Love it. Especially <laughs> when that cop recognizes her when he lets them in. And uh, just, the look on her face, she's like, like <laughs> Yeah, I didn't catch that the first time her reaction. Oh my I thought God. she had like I'm so proud. I thought she like deadpanned ignored him. No, no she was just like, No, she was she living was for it. it. I was like, I was like oh Ainsley, don't <laughs> always worried more about myself than others. Mm -hmm. At oh, least yeah. he kept it like just recognition rather than creepy like he was in front of Malcolm. Oh, I mean, you also, saw his... he wasn't the cop that tried to bone Capshaw. The yeah, other day. it didn't get yeah. that creepy, but... Yeah. He yeah. did have elevator eyes. I watched him. Uh, oh, yeah. I watched where oh, that yeah. went. Yep. At 20... So at this moment, at exactly 2950, we have... Anytime we get to have a badass Danny moment, it makes me super happy. I loved the way they played the JT line though, where he's like, hey, I'm not a threat to you, but you should know she is. And yes. then it's like, ah. mm -hmm. um, I, I, it was just like that. That's what she did. Um, she, I just, I love it. I love that we let her be a badass and that mm -hmm. she gets to do things that are legitimate for her size, for her weight, for her, like she, you know, they don't do things that are so over the top. It's like, yeah, right. Even JT wouldn't do that, but they let her, 
in her realm like take some shit over and mm-hmm. i really enjoy it it makes me mm-hmm. happy yes danny's kicking ass and taking names again if we only get like 4.2 seconds of her this episode at least she can take somebody down in the meantime mm-hmm. yes the only other thing that i had thought um because we see like she takes coolly down and then knocks her gun away and then points her glock at her i just had like a brief thought go through my head like are you allowed to carry if you're a cop are you allowed to carry a gun outside of your jurisdiction um i was like is that even and technically it is i looked up it's a it's a law that a qualified law enforcement officer can go anywhere regardless of state or whatever laws I believe they can carry off duty. It just holds yes. different weight in terms of the decisions they make and what yes. they're allowed to do. And, and you yes, know, exactly. what happens if yeah. they do fire their weapon on duty versus off but duty. But there's been a lot of cases like that where like they've been in gas stations and someone tries to rob it. They're like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That is definitely just like, forget it. And something like that. decided to rob. Yeah, and something like that is not hard to prove. Like, hey, look, I wasn't just being ridiculous and firing my weapon. Yeah. Off. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. For exactly. Sure. At 3051, I really loved, again, just a small added touch in production where the woodsman punches Martin and you hear the minute he punches him, the little like ding where the nut falls off. Ah. of the thing and lands on the ground and that becomes a thing like that's important mm-hmm. that he can get out of this thing now but you hear it you hear that little metal clang as it hits the wood and then you see malcolm immediately like like he heard it he's trying to find it like what is it where did he go anything to help um but it was they didn't have to do that like they could have just had mm-hmm. the punch and then been like look what happened and then put yeah. two and two together with the yeah. camera but the just little sound effect that was probably 0.4 seconds worth of someone's time, it made a big deal where it was like, ooh, interesting. Yeah, audio mixing is no joke. Like, yeah. God bless those people. And Brit, Brit's like, ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, I feel seen. Yeah. She shows us like 98 layers in a one second clip of something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so in terms of at 3149, we have the kind of father son, like let's take him down moment. It looks as though for the most part, it is Tom doing this kick because they hold on his face. Yeah. They do like a camera angle from over the shoulder of the woodsman and hold on his face. And I'm like, finally, let the man, he can at least pull himself up on a rope for yeah. God's sakes. <laughs> so. Um, so they do that. However, and I have these pictures and I hope Britt can put them up. It is blatantly a stunt double to the point for the woodsman, to the point where I didn't even have to slow down the episode to see it. Like it just, they do like a full cover of his face after he gets hit. And I was like, that's not his face. Like you didn't even try. And when you pause it, I mean, different dimensions. He's not nearly the same size and shape as the guy. His face is completely different. I just went, y'all just completely went, eh, nah, we don't care. (laughs) I'm like, come on guys, it's really, really blatantly obvious. Look at 3150. It is full camera on face of the stunt guy which cool good for you man mm-hmm. you got some recognition <laughs> um but it was like okay who, who fell asleep face. on that scene and didn't oh, get their no. stuff done on time it's like this is where like maybe hbo max could do a better job with the stunt double with the awesome mm-hmm. graphic mm-hmm. cases and the mm-hmm. sex scenes and the yeah. language and i'm the, just and i'm just lighting. putting it out there you know we production. love our crew though 
<laughs> that's true here's the thing yeah no disrespect like who knows why yeah. it happened or if there was nothing else they could do you know we don't have the cgi money to put somebody else's face over it whatever but, but it let was, me tell you like, who does have the budget <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 3207 we do have that speech that we forementioned ainsley's speech to this to cooley um you know it's a really good speech about like i'm half darkness and i'm half lightness and i have to decide which one i'm gonna be and blah 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 and i'm sorry mm -hmm. at this point Again, I like Ainsley, but I was kind of rolling my eyes. I'm like, boo, you have made that decision. Like that has come and gone. You've hacked somebody to pieces. You've completely manipulated people and, and all that. So I'm like, you know, we'll see. But you go ahead and lecture somebody about their life decisions, sweetheart. Please, please lecture yeah. someone else about what they've done in mm -hmm. their life. Yeah, and JT and Danny have no idea about this either. So like, why wouldn't she? <laughs> go full on like she's like proving to them like see I'm not just coming you know for clout and inside reporting stuff for later I'm I have a purpose here so you know, yeah and this whatever. was why she had to be there like we yes. had to have that moment for her to get the information out of Cooley but also leading into season three is she gonna have this am I good am I bad I don't know what am I gonna do and so we have to plant those seeds for a finale that's what we do we plant seeds for the future because the future is coming exactly yeah. Yeah, um, like we need it. So that's the only reason she's been with them this whole time is for this moment, for this scene, because it's her last, is it not, of the episode? Like she's done at this mm -hmm. point. No, she was. Uh, no, no, sorry. She, she does she have another there one? in the woods. She asks um, Jeannie where they oh, are. Oh, okay. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Where Where did they go? You're correct. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so like, I mean, she's not exactly front and center for a lot It's of the last poignant scene that she's in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did like the lines that she said though I did mention it to you guys in discord that night and Angie I think it was you you were like yeah but she knows how to play people and we know what she's done so so I, I I'm on both sides of that like I, the lines they were they were they were great they were really symbolic I loved it you know especially the whole I knew I was half you know darkness because of my father but then she compliments Jess mm -hmm. and then she's like but if you do this both the both of the parents for your, you know, your children are, you know, they're both going to grow up. They're going to grow up, you know, not having anything to look, right. to, you know, any goodness mm -hmm. to look at. Yeah. So. The writing itself was gorgeous. Whether I'm yes, buying yes. how Ainsley feels about oh, it yes. is one thing, yes. but the delivery on Halston's part, the writing yep. was amazing. It was well done. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that her and JT took on the role that Malcolm usually takes when they're confronting yes. someone and trying to get answers mm -hmm. of talking, not necessarily talking them down in this case, because she's not the killer, but he's usually the one that, you know, talks and plays on the gets emotions the and gets in their mm -hmm. head. And now we see JT doing it as well as Ainsley. So. Mm -hmm. and also danny was the one who like yes. pinned the woodsman and someone yes. on twitter i forget who it was but someone was like of course danny like identifies you know the real killer the way that malcolm would and then they yep. said something like that's malcolm's girl and i was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go. yes that's so true <laughs> name a more iconic duo i do yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At 3331, so it actually starts at the end of, of Ainsley's kind of monologue here. The song starts to play, um, and it leads into this next whole epic scene. This is the second time where I had, like, an emotional reaction to some <laughs> shit going down. Um, so this whole song that plays, and they actually strip some of the lyrics out, and it's just kind of the under, the under melody that happens. Um, it's called Losing My Mind, ironically, in parentheses, stripped by Mizio. <laughs> 
Um, and so it starts as she's giving this speech and then it moves into the scene where um, Malcolm and Martin start discussing, what are we gonna do? We have to figure out what this girl is. And then Malcolm is essentially asking Martin, like you have to revert to your old ways. I need you to do this. But some of the lyrics that I did want to mention, um, they open with on dreary days. I like to think about the joy I had as a young reckless kid on dreary days. I like to drown out the sociopath. Why did you have to say that? I want to cry now. Anymore. And then it says the, the chorus kind of is I have nothing left to give. I'm losing, I'm losing my mind. And like, so like, I mean, come on. Like, did they just search like Malcolm Bright related songs? And then this popped up and they got the rights for it and it all worked out. Someone had um, a great Spotify playlist that they just for real, <laughs> for right sure. Into. Like it's a great, great fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this whole conversation is is him asking his dad to revert. And this is kind of the catalyst, I think, for most of the argument of the people that are saying Martin was done dirty in this episode. Uh, which I don't agree, but whatever, you know, to each their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this is a moment where Malcolm is being manipulative. Absolutely mm-hmm. he is. Yeah. Um, he he wants what he wants for the outcome he wants. And we just mm-hmm. spoke about how Martin has been doing this the whole episode. So I think there's a degree of difference here in terms of, you know, it's for the good of finding someone versus just manipulating. But at the end of the day, yes. you know, a spade is a spade. And mm-hmm. you're asking him to torture someone. Now, just because that person happens to kill people, you're still asking him to turn into the surgeon again and to do this stuff. And whether he has really changed or not, that's a mega request on his yep. part, mm-hmm. yeah. which and is Martin why he does a good job playing the like, no, I can't do that. I'm changed. It's yeah, different. Exactly. And maybe he really felt that way. Who knows? You know, he definitely, that's definitely a mark of uh, like probably the biggest point of manipulation in this. We've seen it a few times on small things in the episode leading up to this. Um, but he learns from the best you know yeah. he grew up in that environment so yeah. if and you know even once martin was gone you know when he did start going to see him again every time he showed up he was met with manipulation in some way or another so it's not surprising that he would turn to that but at the same time um since the pilot hello chopping off nico's hand we have seen malcolm do unconventional things where the ends justify the means yeah mm-hmm. and here it's i mean even la- a little bit later we see that in something that martin says when he when he refuses you know he says an innocent woman has to die but at least i'll prove something um here if martin you know does whatever malcolm wants him to do the, you're saving somebody Mm-hmm. Whereas if Martin just manipulated the hell out of somebody else for his own benefit, it's just for Martin's benefit. Nothing right. good has actually happened. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so In that scene you just mentioned, when he says that about at least I've proved something, this whole time where he is very hardcore saying like, listen, I've changed. I'm not going to do this. The lighting is superb. He is almost completely shadowed. There is one beam of light that's hitting his eye. Eye, yeah. And it is literally like, is there really a little bit of good in him? Is there Mm -hmm. really a little bit of light in all that darkness as he's speaking? Mm -hmm. And it's such a cool symbolic moment. Mm -hmm. And it's really pretty. Yeah, especially when you think of the symbolism of a person's eyes and how Mm -hmm. good or bad they are. Like it, yep. it's very much trying to play like, oh, maybe he is actually an angel. Maybe he actually doesn't want to do this, but no. 
Right. I mean, not buying it, but it's beautiful. Yes. Yes. I also loved how this episode, in this scene, Malcolm says, like, I need you to hurt this man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in the last episode, one of the last things he says before Danny, before they kiss is, what if I need? And then he chokes off the sentence. Mm-hmm. related to his father so yep. it's very interesting to hear Malcolm say the phrase need in relation to Martin in two very different yes categories and very different scapes of, of what's mm-hmm. happening in the background there yeah um so Martin agrees and then we kind of have a cut to the outside of the barn we hear these hellish miserable oh, screams and this song starts to crescendo in a way that just hit me like really hard mm-hmm. and you see Malcolm struggling with what the hell have I done oh my yeah. god and then it really you see his tremor gone mm-hmm. which is so freaking important like the fact that he admitted that he needed his father he begged his father to do some very morally sketchy business and now the tremor's gone mm-hmm. The only other time we've seen anything subside that tremor was him getting some action on the floor. That's the only other time that tremor has stopped for something. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's like he has kind of delved into daddy's realm a little bit. Like he, and now suddenly, oh, okay, I'm good. And that's, that was the moment that was really poignant for me. Like I was like, okay, what, what does that mean? Like mm-hmm. that's, there is a lot of symbolic meaning behind that. But I also wondered if maybe his tremor had stopped because, you know, he wasn't, I I sort of saw this whole thing as he was going back to being the young kid again. Um, and not sort of like thinking as, oh, like, oh, my daddy's doing this to protect me, just more as like, my dad is doing something for me because I asked him to. And that makes me feel better as opposed to when I like lived in fear of him and what he did that's sort of just the way that I looked at it mm-hmm. um, I really wish because if I'm not mistaken I'm like 99.9 repeating percent sure his hand does not shake when the knife is in it later either like he is straight so, handed yeah. they show his yeah. hand multiple they times when Malcolm girl. when Martin hits um, the ground and other things like he is stone cold yeah. just like the last time he stabbed yeah. his father too yeah I think it's a whole I think I think it's multiple things. I think one of those pieces of that, um, you know, that we've, as we've mentioned, various pieces, I think it's also a control thing. For once, he has gotten the upper hand over Martin via manipulation, you know, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. be it. But we've seen multiple scenes, like, you know, like I just said a few minutes ago, we've seen him walk in and just every interaction, there's some kind of manipulation from Martin in it. And we've watched, we've watched Malcolm crumble. Mm-hmm. and give in and back off and and whatnot so the fact that he was able to do something and get his father to do what he wanted mm-hmm. just saw kind of like a control element of like whoa i really can stand up to him you know get my father yeah. to do something other than you know what he normally does yeah. mm-hmm. so at thirty-five seventeen, 17 martin <laughs> let me say the right m name <laughs> martin exits having just completed all of the business he intended to complete and you i love the way he has played like physically and visibly affected by it like adrenaline rush whatever other stuff is going on like he's going through it and that is the point where the song by mizio hits like the biggest climax there's like violins and strings and crap hits the fan 
And I love it because then you see Malcolm's reaction. This is the first time Malcolm has seen his father post anything. Mm-hmm. And he really like, oh my God, like this is what happens to him when he does this, which later he's going to realize what happens when you do that to someone because he's going to experience it. Um, and so just the way the song hits with all of that, the way that he's like, he's not really dead, throws the keys. And so you realize, okay, he did at least restrain himself enough that, you know, the person is still alive, which is honestly a bit of a shock. I'll be honest. I, yeah. I didn't think he was going to restrain. Um, and then it kind of just cuts because we have a break to commercial there before the final act. Um, and it was a moment where the song just made, I mean, the scene was amazing regardless. Oh, it could have oh, yeah. been soundless. And the scene would have been epic. But once you throw the right piece of music in there, man, it just mm-hmm. elevates it to another level. Yeah. yeah. And actually, credit to my boyfriend who watched this and then was talking to me about it this morning. He said, like, he loved that scene so much because when Martin comes out, like, my boyfriend equated it to, like, you know, like, when a shark attacks and their eyes roll back into their head and then they, like, come back. Like, that is exactly the same thing that was going on there. It was... Yeah, like he blackout tortured and then came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which is yeah. what a lot of serial killers say when they, you know, kill people. They like turn into somebody else. Like mm-hmm. BTK called it like his Factor X, and Bundy called it his Dark Passenger. Like that's you become a totally different person. You get mm-hmm. in the zone. Yeah, and so then the other thing that my boyfriend was talking about with me was like, what do you think he was doing in there? And I was like, oh, I know exactly what he was doing. Like, we know that he, you know, he didn't have his, the surgeon didn't have his surgeon tools on hand, but he had a knife. And so immediately I thought, well, Martin's Martin. Martin's extra. Martin definitely must be into like history and stuff. So of course he's probably into medieval torture. And who can forget the lovely experience if you've ever seen Game of Thrones of flaying someone alive. (laughs) which is the act of like cutting people's skin like off like very slowly and carefully isn't that what fire peep did or a portion of what he did was that maybe i think that's something that malcolm because he said medieval stuff malcolm did yeah 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 but that's yeah that's literally like tearing you tear somebody's skin off so that only the muscles and the nerves are exposed so like yeah yep oh yeah no there's there's (laughs) There's so much that I have learned from yeah, this. That wouldn't that wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, I but put that against them. No, especially when Martin says like, "Yeah, he's alive, but he's not happy about it." Like, yeah, if you weren't flayed alive, like I think you'd, you you would be alive, be but dead. you would not be not be happy. Period. So that's what I thought happened in there, but who knows? <laughs> She's like, "Great." This has been <laughs> methods of torture with Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I knew this, and so then I'm telling my boyfriend this, and he just responds back with like, "Dot dot dot." Thanks. <laughs> worst cooking show ever yeah. <laughs> so after we come back from the commercial break it's around 36 40 um we kind of shift gears the music changes it's kind of intense and they're running trying to find where this girl's hidden um and when they actually find this like spider hole is what they call it um again we have another moment where there's like this epic music slow motion where they open it tom's hand is extended like it's a really beautiful shot mm-hmm. of this um and then we have the girl thankfully genie is actually alive which is nice because you know that doesn't always happen sometimes so Mm -hmm. good times with that and and then afterward it's kind of the turning point of the episode it's like our final act of what's going to go down here and it all starts 
um, with Malcolm pulling out the phone and deciding, okay, you know, I need to call this in. One, for the girl. The girl needs medical attention. Jeannie mm-hmm. needs the attention she deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that Martin says the phrase, the bad man is gone now, because that is so Malcolm trying to figure out, is the bad man really gone? Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it fits so beautifully. And I adore the pause that happens when he calls and he says, this is, you know, I have Jeannie and I have, this is Malcolm Bright. And mm-hmm. then he looks and they do the eye contact. And then he says, Anne Martin Whitley. Mm-hmm. And the minute he says, Anne Martin Whitley, the we're the same theme comes through. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. I wrote that down. I mean, it was just this like turning point. And I love that they gave Malcolm that decision. I was mm-hmm. a little nervous, especially after the end of last episode where it's run. I'm like, we can't do this. If he Mm -hmm. wants to continue and we want to continue him working with the NYPD and the other things, logically, he has to make the right call at some point. We can't just keep saying, get away, get away, because then he loses his credibility as working with the NYPD. So I loved that they did that. They brought him back to like center and like, okay, I need to do what's right. Mm -hmm. Um, And ironically, I think he calls him in because he realizes what his father's capable of given the request he made so it was kind of his own start Mm -hmm. but he realizes i cannot let him be out of here all because he's my father like that i can't do that yeah he he fact checked himself he was like (laughs) has he has he really changed no all right then (laughs) survey says yep (laughs) psychotic serial killer yep (laughs) yeah he was he was testing he was testing his own question of whether or not you know or he yeah. was testing Martin's statement of, oh, I'm a changed man. He's like, yeah. well, are you really? Because yeah. it didn't take much mm-hmm. for me, you know, pleading with Which you to, to do that. I'm really wondering if this scene on the phone is the scene where he flubbed and said Malcolm Whitley oh. that we talked about. Because it's the only time in a long time that he's introduced himself as a full name a lot yeah. of times. And I'm wondering if him on the phone, like, this is Malcolm Whitley. And they're like, no, 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 let's do that again. It would make sense for it to be that scene because he's talking about his father in the same moment and all that stuff. So that would make sense. At 38.08, we realize Martin has kind of flown the coop. And immediately we are back to Dr. Whitley in a millisecond. Mm -hmm. We're no longer Martin. We do have a dad later, but we'll talk about that in a second. But that's how quick he realizes like, yep change man all right mm-hmm. and he goes um at 38 47 round of applause for adresa tanaka <laughs> in all 14 seconds of glory she pops up to kind of <laughs> cock block an emotional moment between jessica and gill <laughs> but i'm like there she is like at some point we already knew ahead of time we got robbed of a danny adresa moment mm-hmm. just expect that in the deleted scenes along mm-hmm. with the bloopers you robbed us of last year please moving along Um, but yeah so we finally got to see her for a hot second um giving us some intel that we kind of it wraps up capshaw like listen we've got even more intel now on what she's done this is going to put her away and so there's a nice little kind of steal on that particular jar Mm -hmm. Um, and then we move along to 3951 is the standoff between malcolm and martin Mm -hmm. Uh, first of all first things first running up that hill michael is full-on limping and coming back down the hill he is full-on limping so at some point he has like pulled strained sprained his ankle running through the woods because he is like full-on limping on one leg 
Well, he's also been in prison this whole time. Like, you're not exactly... <laughs> right, like, I get it, but it's not even mm-hmm. like a I'm out of shape limp. Like, you can tell, I think. No. There's another time when they're looking for the spider hole door, Michael slips. You can see him oh, on the leaves. He goes, that. and then he, like, catches himself, <laughs> and they keep going. So I'm like, okay, I feel like out there, there was some little, like, root or something went down, and, you know, he's mm-hmm. sprained his ankle or something. Mm-hmm. Because at later, when he tries to come down the hill, they only they let him take like one step and then they cut away immediately because the yeah. next step was probably like out, out, like, yeah. you know, like trying yeah. to go down the hill. Mm-hmm. Well, not even like an out of shape thing, but like if I even like try and run down a hallway at work, I feel like I fall so, a hammy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, trust me, I'm not running a marathon anytime soon either. I'll yeah, believe no. that shit to Jess. That's <laughs> Jess's crazy ass. I am okay. I am not a, a runner. I just run a run? little bit, but I still, runs? yes, I do. do. You go You're on a runner. runner. You're still, a runner. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, hey, okay. But I'm not lying. Every step I take, every time my foot hits the ground is, is it going to give out? Is it going to give out? Cause honestly, yeah. that's what my that's ankles fine. always You're do. still a runner. You're just <laughs> a runner with questionable joints. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we have the second Dr. Whitley in this whole yep. section of nonsense that happens. Um, and I also love just positionally, Martin is on a hill. Like he literally has the high ground in this conversation. Oh my God, <laughs> he has the high ground. Like he literally has the high ground in this conversation. Mentally, physically, he has the high ground. It's a Star thing. Wars reference anyone? Oh yeah, no, that's exactly yeah. what I was mm-hmm. going for. Yeah. Like, oh good, good, good. I, I wanted to make sure. I, I, I wanted to make sure. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, it would be perfect for Malcolm to just go, I yeah, like it's yes. dead on. Like it's exactly what that scene would need to be. <laughs> um, and then we have a section where I'm about to like lose my shit because there's so many parallels to episode 114, Eye of the Needle in this, um, this whole scenario. In Eye of the Needle, we have Malcolm in the cell with Martin. It's the first time that Martin admits to him that, yeah, I was trying to take you up to a cabin to kill you. And then he goes full Martin on him and somehow makes all of that Malcolm's fault. Like, I don't know how that happens, but like, yeah, I was going to kill my 10, 11 year old boy, but it's his fault. And then just turns it all on him. You turned me in. You ruined our lives. This is all your fault because you called the police. And in that scene in Eye of the Needle, it ends with triggered Malcolm stabbing his dad. Um. And then this whole scene again, he says lines like, I did everything. I was done. You made me become him. You ruined everything. I mean, just full on Martining the whole damn situation. Mm-hmm. Um, blames Malcolm. I absolutely adored Martin. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, Michael in character gets like so high. He's like punching things in yeah. the air, mm-hmm. turning around like super pissed. So he was he, in it. He was in it yeah. to win it for that scene. He sure. almost swore. I, I yeah. almost like felt like he was actually going to swear. I was yes. like, go so for it. Like, <laughs> swung hard enough that he like spun around i mean he was in the zone which was amazing Mm -hmm. it was awesome from michael every reaction shot we get from tom is just a knife to your heart Mm -hmm. and in 114 it's the same way in 114 he manages to look simultaneously like a 10 year old and a 31 year old at the same time and he does that same crap in this scene to the point um where he's like angry and heartbroken and feels guilty and is like screw you this isn't my fault like all in the same face like it's he does such a wonderful job and again maybe if we get on hbo he'll get an emmy nomination for god's sake yeah like, maybe if we get off a shitty network 
we'll get the Emmy nomination we deserve for this man. Yeah. I don't even care I at this mean, point. I said it. I said it. I mean, I don't <laughs> I hate to say it, but <laughs> um, in that, for this, I wrote, I was trying to be a good father is the line where he punches and he gets really angry. And I just went, apparently trying to be a good father sounds a lot like doing whatever he wants to get whatever he wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Malcolm That's his says definition dad. Of dad. Malcolm says dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not to it the right person. Me. I know, true. It is the third time he said it in the entire show. He's only said it oh. three times. Um, he said it in what episode is it where he has the the candle hallucination and he thinks he's burning himself and all that. Um, oh. He oh, says "dad" then, but it's it's early. I want to say it's like the family Definitely friend. Maybe early. it might be it might be one hundred and eight. Yeah. Um, where yeah, it's, it's he, when he keeps getting those hallucinations. Yeah, the back hallucination up. Martin is there and he's asking about a camping trip and he says, dad, but it's really, I think, I'll, I almost think if the writers could fix it, they would reverse that dad because it's not mm-hmm. emotional in any way. It's just dad. Like he just says it. Yeah. And then later it becomes such an important thing that he never calls him that, that I think if the writers could go back, they would not make him say dad there because hmm. he yells dad when you know the whole eddie thing is happening and they yep. think they you know he thinks martin's about to die in his cell and he's going to watch yep. it and then he says it here here it is not really like desperation it's like look at me like dad yeah I'm trying mm-hmm. to help you so mm-hmm. it's not like i'm crying because i think you're about to die i'm worried about like it's like listen this is what has to happen you are not made for the outside you're yep. not allowed to be here mm-hmm. um, still poignant and still deep as hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> At 41.34, we have the moment which later Malcolm identifies where, where Martin has made his choice. He knows mm-hmm. what's about to go down. And again, the millisecond, like you watch the eyes. Again, they do that yep. thing where the eyes yep. are down, the eyes pop up, and there it is. There's the guy we've mm-hmm. all known. And yep. then there's the we're the same business all up in the background, just da-na-na-na-na-na. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, there he is. Um. And he says, like, I was a good father, but you were never a good son. Mm-hmm. That just about put me in rage mode at that <sighs> yeah. Um, That also, again, this whole this whole finale version of the We're the Same Thing, I'm going to go on about in just a minute. But, like, there, like, it starts out with, like, some horror strings and stuff happening when he says that. Like, um, Malcolm, you know, realizes like, oh man, this, he's made his decision. And he says like, you've decided you're going to kill me, aren't you? Mm -hmm. I adored what Sam Sclaver said in an interview um, that came out with TV Insider that in those moments, I really think we're seeing Bright, the FBI agent, staring down a killer with a knife and he's calculating Mm -hmm. what that killer is thinking. So it's very much like, again, he used to be in the FBI. Don't even get me started on the fact that I could talk about that for 14 hours, but fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and he realizes like, okay, we have to turn off dad mode now. This is yep. how do I survive? And yeah. how do I get out of this mm-hmm. situation with this psycho killer? Yep. So at 42:20, we have this moment. We have Martin actually goes in and attempts mm-hmm. to stab his son. And I love that we had 30 milliseconds of capable bright that would have been trained in hand-to-hand combat for the yeah. FBI on how to detract that from happening and to turn it and he does i mean it's like mm-hmm. textbook if you watch it in slow motion it's exactly how a law enforcement officer yep. would be taught to turn it mm-hmm. and, and make it happen um 
I don't know that I necessarily agree with this really popular fan theory of Martin guided his hand into stabbing him. No, no, you this can tell that he didn't. over the internet. This is all over. Like, oh, oh I'm glad I haven't seen that. Him. And I'm like, no, no, he didn't. He was going to kill his son. At yeah. no point during this scene was Martin going to martyr himself in the name of his son. He did not go, no, 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 hit me, hit me. No, he yeah, didn't. No. Yeah. He is a narcissist. He absolutely did not. Yeah, so I see where they're saying that because I tried to slow-mo watch it on Hulu, but that wasn't working. So I was pausing as best as I could. Mm -hmm. And Martin's, Malcolm's hand is full on, you know, full on the hilt, on the um, handle of the blade. And uh, Martin's hand is completely over that as he's, you know, as the knife goes into him. So I get right. why people are saying that, but. I think that's a reflection of the move that Malcolm has done. But that's also, like, that's but that's also yeah, like when you, when you yeah. disarm him and then he's going to be like, all right, like. He's going to, you know, he's going to chase the knife with his hand and follow it as it, you know, where. Yeah, Cause it's it. all There's super quick. There's a subsection too. of the so. fandom that just wants Martin to be a murder teddy bear. And he's not a murder teddy bear. He's a murderer. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, so here's the thing. Uh, Michael himself said in the rap interview that happened recently that he full on, like he as Martin claimed this entire time, this escape is all for you. It's for my family. And we're all going, how the hell is it for the family? This makes no sense. But then the millisecond that escape is threatened and his freedom is threatened, he goes straight for his son. No holds barred. Don't give a fuck. I'm going to yep. stab my own damn child. I'm going to mm -hmm. say at that time, I don't even care. Like, yeah. so don't tell me, oh, he guided his hand. No, he did not. Like yeah. he wanted to murder his own son in the name of keeping his freedom. Mm -hmm. so not here for that argument. Not here yeah. for it whatsoever. Well, yeah. And we know it. that before he's planned to do that before, you know, mm -hmm. just oh, like yeah. you like, said, Angie. The first time he's planned to stab his son yeah. before. Yeah. So please tell me again how that was all him being a good father. Yeah. He's a narcissist. <laughs> Look it up. Stop <laughs> defending the asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. I had to bring it back. I mean, God. So at, at 42.25, we have that moment. So he's been stabbed. He's on his knees. Malcolm is absolutely in like, holy crap, what just happened mode. And we have, you know, the full circle moment from the pilot. We have the, I was right, we're the same. Um, and I, this is where my thing turns into all capital letters for those of you that are curious about my write-up. Um, it is absolutely the most epic and cinematic version of this theme we have ever heard. I mean, they had to have gone back into... Uh, a studio and recorded this with an orchestra or had that many people individually record their parts at home during COVID. I don't know, but it is huge. It sounds very similar. I went through the score because I'm me to the version that plays at the end of the pilot when he's got mm. the syringe to himself. It has that same build and that same crescendo, but it's not the same. It has more instruments involved. It is bigger. It sounds bigger. Mm. Um, and th at this point, I didn't, the, the live view, I did not have the reaction because in the live view, I was just, what happens? What's going mm -hmm. on? Like, I wasn't focused. In the second view, when I was writing this up and I hit the eye bald, I had full on like frigid tears, emotional response, maybe because of the cellos. Like there's a part at the end where like these cellos just crescendo to where they are digging into the strings. It's heightened emotion. It's epic. It's that same theme we've heard that represents their whole relationship and everything leading up to this moment for 33 episodes. And it just hit me like, I was just sitting here like, 
like I was like heaving like it was horrible I'm sure if anyone would have seen me they would have been like dude what the heck is wrong with you um and I just wrote my soul has left my body that's what I wrote at the end of it like it was it was too much and I just I can't you know I'll, I'll be damned if this is the last opportunity I get to praise Nathaniel Bloom's genius because it's just it was gorgeous it was a feat of composing that that's all I can say it was amazing Okay, I'm good. <laughs> Just giving you I need some a moment. space there too. I need uh... a moment. I'm good. I'm like, okay. Oh. Um, and then we get to our grand finale, which is Danny walks up and says, Bright, what did you do? Mm-hmm. And that's the point where the cellos hit. Like, it's like, like it gets really psycho high. Um, but the fact that they end on on all, all people, it could have been Gil. It could have been Ainsley and been yep. poignant. It could have been Gil and been poignant. It's Danny. And, and mm-hmm. I feel like that means something. And given, again, until we've heard in the days afterward mm-hmm. from Sam um, and Chris, like they full on said that the Danny Malcolm kind of will they, won't they, where are they at mentally relationship was the spine of their season three pitch. Um, so I swear to God, if we don't get an F in season oh, yeah. three, we riot. We mm-hmm. riot on. Like, we riot and on. Um, yep. I did want to point out, though, um, uh, an interaction that Aurora had on Twitter, um, where, first of all, she gave us some behind the scenes, like, she was not there with Tom in that scene. She was filming to, you know, like a dummy person reading lines or whatever. So she's in a whole different place, whole different situation. Um, And the Motley fan, her name is Allison Cooper on here said if Danny wasn't the one that was supposed to find Bright because there was like a misunderstanding and how scheduling works and things like that for Mm -hmm. then who was and she says no 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 it was just it was always meant to be Danny it's just we had to shoot on different days um and then another person said I've seen people debate this do you think that Danny was afraid of Malcolm in this scene or afraid (laughs) for him and Aurora responded not Aurora responded with not afraid in shock Mm -hmm. worried about what this means for their future and the legal aspects for Malcolm and his mental health. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I love coming from, you know, essentially the character herself. She's not terrified of Malcolm. Again, coming from last week, this is the outcome that Danny kind of wants. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want Malcolm to be the one to do it because of what mm-hmm. that's going to do to affect him. Sure. But I mean, everybody on the team wants Martin gone. Let's be straight up about it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So I, I like that that kind of was like, no, like she knows what this means for Malcolm. Mm-hmm. and she's worried about where that spiral is going to go because we know there's going to be a spiral about that in the future if that were to happen. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so many people, yeah. especially right after the episode happened, like on Twitter on the East Coast, were saying like, her saying like, what did you do? Like, she's clearly like terrified of him, but she's in That's shock. What I would say. Yeah. What did you do? Like, you yeah, know, exactly. Be. Yeah. <laughs> literally like and some people were trying to break down like it's the way that she says it like how she's like you know like what did you do she's like again with the face journeys like her I could just like take screenshots of every single moment when she says that um you never know how you're gonna say something when you're in shock like get get out of here this is not like turning her off she's just like what did you do as just like I have no idea what to say like (laughs) what am I looking at here 
So I mean, if I saw Caroline standing over a body with a bloody knife and I walked up, I'd be like, Caroline, what did you do? Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm going to exactly. say, even yeah. though logistically it's pretty obvious what Caroline has done, but mm-hmm. I'm still going to yes. say it like, yes. yeah. what the hell did you do, Caroline? Yeah. Like, that's yep. just the response. Mm-hmm. That's what you yes. said. Yeah, she's not going to go up and be like, oh, thank God you finally did it. She's going to be like, what did you do? What? Yeah. She's like, so should we go on a date now? Like, Uh, let's make out Mm -hmm. over the body. No. I mean, the last time the two of them saw each other, like, Bright was fine. Mm -hmm. It's been, I don't, I didn't track, I don't know if any of us had tracked how long it's been since the last time she saw him and i want to say like again not even maybe 48 hours not even yeah, we have one night that happens longer than two days yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so 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 to go from him being perfectly fine to not knowing what condition he's in especially after hearing especially after getting cap- confirmation from capshaw of what she did yeah not in yeah, I mean, detail, all they torture. know martin has been effing with him yeah and then, him. And then yeah. You know, martin i'm took assuming off of too i think we had this discussion on discord that the missing danny adresa scene is related to the blood in the syringe like they identify that yeah. it is actually uh malcolm, malcolm. Mm-hmm. and i'm assuming they would have like a we're both concerned about bright moment yeah. right there so for her all she knows is Malcolm's missing. The blood in the syringe was his. Where the hell is he? Is he okay? Yeah. Is he complicit? Is he not complicit? Like there's a whole lot yeah. of stuff going on. So, I mean, that, that wraps the episode. That's yeah. where we stand. I gotta be honest, like having gotten the news that we got and the other stuff, I was very concerned about how I was going to feel walking away from this episode. How much of a cliffhanger was it going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of us predicted it was going to end in an injured Martin, given how everything was going to go. So I think I had prepared myself for that. It wasn't quite so like gasp, mm-hmm. but just in general, I mean, obviously I would have loved a little bit more of the NYPD team, but again, we heard that from Aurora. Like there's not as much of us. We knew in advance that that was something in an interview that she said. So I left it in a much higher spirits than I thought I would. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, in the very horrible, horrible parallel universe where this is the last episode we ever get it's got more closure than i expected it to have and it has more full circle and more you know it's all come to pass and this was everything and yeah there's there's dangling things out there that i want to see more of and and all that and that's always going to be the way it's going to be but if god forbid this is the last one i think it's way better than what some canceled shows end up with as their final episode yes it really was though i mean it was just the writing was great it was, yep. I really wish we could have had an hour and a half episode because mm-hmm. I feel like we could have fleshed out a little more of like mm-hmm. some fighting or some struggle or what happens in the barn or whatever. But I think, I mean, I don't have a lot of complaints about it. No, I really don't. Like it was a well done finale episode, whether that be season beautiful. or series, it was well mm-hmm. done. Obviously mm-hmm. we all have our opinion and what we want. Um, yeah. Which kind of leads me into something that we talked about, like, do we do this? Do we not do this? Mm. Um, and I did for just in case and the off realistic chance. reasons real yeah like i am a realist and i understand that there is a small percent there's a percentage of likelihood maybe that this would not get picked up who knows um i really just wanted to take a chance and say thank you um mm-hmm. i wanted to say thank you to the people that you know subscribe to this and watched us act crazy in my psycho facial expressions every mm-hmm. week when we did this um, I wanted to say thank you to like the cast and crew and everything that they've everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera and what they gave us in 33 episodes was astounding. And if mm-hmm. if, if that's it, then it was 33 effing amazing episodes of storytelling yeah. and entertainment. And yep. 
honestly, most importantly, I just, I, I want to thank you guys and our other three behind the scenes people because fate saw fit to bring me this show. And then mm -hmm. as an extension of that, I got family out of it. Mm -hmm. I, I got sisters out of it that I've never mm -hmm. had because I don't have sisters. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I still, I ever, every so often, I just, I get so flabbergasted that at a freaking seafood restaurant in Rhode Island, you crazy asses agreed to do a podcast with me when none of us had any experience, any knowledge yep. about how to make a podcast. We, had, we didn't have a camera. We didn't have a microphone. We didn't have shit. Nothing. We were sitting there eating fish and chips and y'all went, yeah, sure, let's go. And I just went, I love these people. Yeah. And then now look, you know, like, look what happened. And it just, regardless of what happens, I'm so grateful for this experience and that we got to do this together. Like, this is like a time capsule of this moment in our lives mm -hmm. and what was important because our friendship is going to go on. Yep. You know, it's not dependent on the show. We've bonded and we've yep. grown and we will move on regardless of what happens. Yep. But what an amazing time capsule of this moment in our lives to be able to go back years from now and look at this stuff and be like, dude, we did that shit. That was crazy. Like, we remember did. when we used to rant about this TV show? It was awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, when it's I such was... a blessing. It's such a blessing. And thank yeah. you guys for agreeing yeah. and actually going on the crazy ride. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. As I was driving home today from work to like get ready, I found myself listening to what I listened to before we did the very first episode, which was the first episode of the very popular <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts, My Favorite Murder, which they, I listened to the very first episode that they did and they come on to this and they're so, like, you can tell they're so uncomfortable. They're like, we're recording ourselves talking. Like, and that's just, I'm sure that that is, I know that that is exactly how we felt like when we were oh, yeah. on camera and we were talking <laughs> and just like knowing what that podcast is now. Like I listened to that, like their very beginnings because I was like, I'm about to do this too. Like mm -hmm. there is no, this is like a turning point. Like we talk about turning points in the show. This was a turning point in our lives, in our yep. friendship, you know, all of us. And just, wow. I mean, we to agreed to a second job. Yep. Like full on three to four nights a week. We are writing this crap up. We are filming and we don't get paid anything. Like we're paying nope. for the privilege of posting this on the internet through RSS feeds. Like yep. that we have no income. Y'all don't know. We are not getting income yeah. from this. We're broke. We, don't get ads. <laughs> we don't have ad revenue. We have not monetized this at any point. If HBO mm -hmm. wants to hire us and let us do it, we will <laughs> sure. absolutely agree yes. to that. <laughs> just saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but like, so, I mean, this is literally just a labor of love and yeah. it's a labor, like, and the amount of time Brit puts in with all the other crap she's doing, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, but like, I, it, it's, we do this out of love for the show and each other. And I will be forever grateful for the fact that if I only got 33 episodes, look what else we got in addition to it. And it's, yeah. it, it's worth every minute and it's worth every psychotic discussion and discord about what the hell are we going to rant about? You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's been such a blessing and I'm so thankful that you guys agreed and yeah. have been such a big part of my life and will continue to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, we didn't set out to do anything. We, I mean, when this show started and we found each other on Twitter, like we started just spending hours on zoom doing nothing but freaking out and analyzing <laughs> episodes yeah. and things that happened and screaming about, uh, you Anything. know, intel that we got and promos mm -hmm. that would drop. I mean, yep. we have rooms in our Discord for various things, you know. 
whether it be our own personal lives and just, did, you know, talking about whatever and just being us. Yeah, so we, like I said, we didn't set out to do anything. We just did this on our own. This is what we did when we, you know, got on Zoom with each other. We mm-hmm. we were doing you know, it anyway. Did this, we might as well yeah, we were doing it anyway <laughs> for the first yep. season. And so that's why when you guys were down here for, you know, for a weekend and you were just like, hey, like, why don't we do this? But it doesn't matter like what comes of it. If no one listens, no one listens. If some people listen, that's great. Who yep, wants yep. to listen to us scream and freak out and fangirl? And apparently there's a bunch of people that do. So thank yeah. you to whoever has listened to us at least once yeah. or has listened to us every single week. Um, like shout out to we Libby who likes to live tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the fact that anybody, you know, (laughs) wants to listen to the three of us nerd out about our specific, you know, backgrounds and uh, professions and whatnot and the insight that we bring to... It's just, it's nuts. Like that, it it still like blows my mind when I get a Twitter mention and it's like, hey, what did you think of this? I'm like, (laughs) what? Me? What? (laughs) You want my opinion? Because you've heard my opinion? What? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and just this, like the show before, you know, um, I started really talking to you guys and before we, you know, we all really connected, we, there were a number of episodes that we, you know, we watched on our own and, you know, didn't oh, yeah. have this kind of group dynamic at all. Mm-hmm. So the show, I eventually, I mean, before you guys were even around, like I called the show my coping mechanism because I was oh, yeah. a really mm-hmm. horrendous portion of my life last year at the, at the time mm-hmm. that I found the show. And so, and then we as a group became our coping mechanism. Yes, and then we as a group. So I mean, so this show became even more of a coping mechanism and extremely important to my mental health. And yeah. then it wasn't until hiatus that I re- the the six week break in the middle of the season that I realized how important the routine of show on Tuesday rewatch on Wednesday and or Thursday and then originally we would record you know Friday night now Thursday so it's you know Tuesday Wednesday Thursday you know weekly I had something to look forward to I had routine I had structure Mm -hmm. and it was just like I was losing my damn mind you know by week four I was like guys I miss you so much like can we record a bonus (laughs) episode because I just want to like do something yeah and now I just cannot watch any other show without thinking like I'm thinking of music stuff like what Angie would do (laughs) I'm thinking of like crime I'm just going everywhere with it like I can't watch anything and like sit down anymore like god forbid there's a reality tv show that I'm gonna have to be subjected to watching with my you're gonna analyze that too why did they choose that camera angle what was the point of that like yeah or even more than that I'm gonna be like this is so boring they could do so much more like where's the soundtrack to this <laughs> so. but yeah I mean we're, we're so grateful to you guys and thank you and you know mm-hmm. we're doing everything we possibly can to be back bugging the bejesus out of y'all for another 20 some episodes you know yes. yep. and hopefully the fates see it that way too and we are given that so um mm-hmm. If not, then thank you. And thank we will you, probably still you. be doing a couple mini episodes, even if it would be to get canceled to kind of wrap things up um, mm-hmm. and get our final thoughts out there. But if not, hopefully we're just doing some in-between episodes till the next season starts. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, um, speaking of my brain died, let's try it again. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of, there is still the same Prodigal Son campaign out there. So, um, make sure that you're following it and doing what you need to do and do those Twitter parties and all that kind of stuff. So, um, 
follow all their stuff. It's prodigal saviors on all the different Instagrams, follow that stuff. They'll tell you what to do. We have to keep pushing now that it's over. We cannot just be like, oh, okay, it's done. And then kind of die mm -hmm. off. This is where we are the most important. This is where we make the biggest impact on someone maybe potentially buying this for us and seeing mm -hmm. that the fandom is still there. So make sure that you're doing that. And I refuse to say goodbye. So I'm going to say the same thing I've said every damn episode. I'm going to say, see you next time. Yep. See you then. Yeah.